I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Self-Helpful. I'm your guide, Kevin Miller, and I curate the sea of new personal development messages to bring the most influential leaders onto this show. Join me as I question my guests to better understand their counsel so we can all integrate the wisdom into our lives because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. The Self-Helpful Podcast is presented by Ziggler, your premier source for equipping coaches. Visit Ziggler.com. Hello, Self-Helpful listeners. In this episode, how to commit to your destination, but quit any vehicle that's not getting you there. This is part three in my series on the art of trying. The previous two episodes have featured Hala Taha, host of the top-ranked business podcast, Young and Profiting, and founder and CEO of Yap Media, which is a business podcast network with an award-winning social media and podcast marketing agency for top podcasters, celebrities, and CEOs. Hala is a rock star at trying and failing until she figures out what works. And then she succeeds. In this episode, I brought on a fellow rock star of the art of trying, Broadway and movie star Renee Marino, who you can see right now as the lead female role in Clint Eastwood's movie, Jersey Boys. Renee is a frequent co-host with me because she's an expert in personal development and a master communicator. Her book is actually called Becoming a Master Communicator. As an actress, Renee Marino's job was trying and failing. A lot. You do audition after audition and get told no until you finally get told yes. And it's only one yes to get in a movie like Jersey Boys and boom, you've made it to the big screen. Renee brought us to looking at whatever we do and go after any achievement, there is something deeper we're trying to fulfill that gives us space to try and fail or quit many different things, methodologies on the way to what works for the ultimate goal that we're striving for. If her only goal, for instance, was to be in the lead in one show or movie, that's pretty narrow and limiting. If her goal is to perform 
and then further to entertain and further to communicate and even further at the core to really connect. Well, she can do that in a lot of different ways. So you're going to gain some incredibly liberating perspectives in this episode. You can watch the whole episode if you'd like on YouTube. Just search for Self Helpful with Kevin Miller. All right, Renee, I wanted to do this show with you on, you know, Hala Tahazar Muse. And we talked, I talked in the first episode with her, you know, about failure and about trying and going all out. And of course, you're, you know, an actress on stage and that's that's your business is, you know, mm-hmm. try, 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 try and look for that one. Yes. Out of so many failures. So that was, that was one. And, and that's really where I'm curious to talk with you today, because, you know, it's one thing to go after something and be committed to it, be devoted to it. Say, I'm not going to quit. I want to play with that though, with the side of, I mean, sometimes I mean, we can't do everything. I mean, we just can't do everything. And we see the, it's been years since I've seen it, but back with the America's Got Talent show, you know, and you get this little starlet or guy or whatever from their little hometown and they're the star of the place and everybody thinks they're awesome. And they tell them they're going to be famous and they come and they get on stage and they literally can't hold a tune. And Mm -hmm. I think people get caught up in that. Like it's one thing to go after it and say, I'm going to be committed to this. And over here, there is the reality that we're not going to be good at everything. And yeah. I think we get caught in that. And, and, and we hear the self-help messages of, no, you can, if you set your mind to it, you don't quit, you can do it. It's just not true. I mean, you, you might be able to go after it, but you might just as try as hard as you can. You're not going to be good at X. Play with your first thoughts there with me. Cause I think we yeah. get. Yeah. It's can be, it can be very difficult, especially when that thing is your passion And you're like, no, but this is what I love. So even if the world's telling me I'm not great at it, it's what I love. And I think there's another option. And that option is that thing can stay in my life as I pursue other endeavors to make a living, to make that income so then I can do that thing I'm passionate about on the side. Maybe it's drawing. Maybe it's being an artist. Maybe it's singing. Push that to the side where you can still do it, but, but have that mindset like, okay, but I need to, I need to find something to make money to maybe pay for more lessons so I can improve and I can get better. So I think that's where the personal development meets that the the rubber meets the road where it's like, okay, yes. Can you do it? Sure. Maybe it's going to take, though, 40 years for you to master this thing. And you have to ask yourself at that point, is this something that I want to keep pursuing if it's not bringing me income, if it's not maybe even sometimes bringing me the joy that I hoped for because I keep getting knocked down. So it is a really a, a hard call, I did, think. For, did for you, did you see it? I mean, so you, you, and going after, I mean, you were pursuing performance from, uh, as a kid yeah. and, and I feel like most of the stories that I hear, and that's what I'm going to ask you, cause you, you lived it, you, you lived with these, you know, your, yeah. your, your environment was these people, uh, yeah. you know, on stage, on screen, on whatever. And with them did most of them, all of them, whatever 
they had some propensity for it. There was some testimony along the way. I, I mean, did you ever find somebody and they go, no, actually there was absolutely no exposure to, you know, performing. I had no knack or capacity for it. But then one day I decided I wanted to do that. And out of the blue, I just went, learned it. And now here I am. Or was there always some, you know, some aspect of performance that was a part of them from early on? Huh. That's a really good question. For the most part, I would say that most people, it's it was in them somewhere. Even if it was like just that that gentle nudge somewhere where it's like, oh, I like this thing, or I I I think I I think I could be good at it. Funny you asked this. I was talking to Clint when we were filming the Jersey Boys movie and as I told you before, Kevin, like I would ask yeah, him. You got to Clint Eastwood so people get Clint, the full effect. Clint Eastwood. Clint, Clint Eastwood. Eastwood. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. There you go. The man, the myth, the legend, Clint Eastwood. And we were on set when I filmed the movie Jersey Boys with him. And I would ask him every question about everything because I just wanted to soak it all in like a sponge. And I asked him, I said, Clint, how did you start acting? Was this something you always had a knack for? And he said, I walked past an acting class one day and it was mostly women. And I said, oh, I think I need to take an acting class. <laughs> that, was his, that was his initial motivation. right? But then take, take a story like that. That was his initial motivation. But then he got in there and I'm sure he realized, OK, I, I'm, I could be good at this or mm -hmm. I'm good at this. And this makes me think of a friend I went to high school with. And this friend of mine, he's been on Broadway now, several shows, super talented, amazing hip hop dancer. We went to high school together and his name is Jonathan Rua. Shout out to John Rua. When we were in high school, he was in the band, but he never danced before. And actually he and I were dance partners for his first time ever dancing. And we did jump, jive and whale, jump, jive. And you well, you gotta. And it was a swing number, and it was the first time he had danced. And he did it, and he was he was pretty good. It was very, very um green, you'd say, new yeah. at this thing. By the next year, I went back to my I graduated and I came back to watch one of the dance performances. And I see John Rua up there doing in sync, baby, bye, bye, bye. And it was like, all of a sudden, I saw Justin Timberlake pop out of the stage. And I was like, whoa, John, what happened? This is amazing. And it was like, boom, that gift was was just turned on. And from then on, he's made a career out of being an incredible dancer, choreographer. So again, I go back to, I think it, it can appear from the outside, like, oh, he's never never had a, a an idea to be a dancer, but it was somewhere inside of him, somewhere along the way. And that's what kept him going when it's like, oh, I think I could be good at this. This is something I really like. Okay. I'm going to keep working at it. And that's when you start to say, I'm going to keep this, this dream alive. I'm going to keep pursuing this. Well, and so that's what I'm fishing around for, Renee. Thanks for that. It is mm -hmm. that I, you, you mentioned right off the bat, the word passion. And I want to say 
I want to say, I don't know if it's, if it's true. That's why I'm playing with it. I want to say that if you have a passion for something, it likely is going to come from some aspect of a propensity, a predisposition in you that would have some, use the word gift, that would have some gifting, that would have some natural, uh, you know, uh, reality within you, uh, that I'm not going to, you know, wake up, well, wake up or, you know, come out of my youth with and find and have a passion for something that I have no uh, genetic predisposition that I have no natural talent for that was kind of embedded in me. I want to say that because I feel like that's my experience with most people. I mean, I never had, I was just at, you know, we were texting this weekend and I was at a uh, little mermaid uh, with one of my, uh, well, with my whole family, but one of my daughters is in little mermaid. She is my, I think my fourth kid now to go through at least high school performing. We'll see if any of them, you know, pursue it outside of that, but they, they, a lot of them have four out of the, out of the oldest five now. And I look at that, Renee, I have, I mean, I, there could be nothing further from me than to want to get up on stage. It just, there's no part of me. Now I'll get on the starting line. I've been on the starting line for, I think we, we did the math for over like a thousand athletic, you know, events, bike races primarily, you know, that I'm comfortable with, but the other none, but then again, come back to, is it a lack of, I hear a lack of self-awareness or a lack of getting some feedback when you do have somebody, I'm going to poke, I'm going to pick on the America's got talent type thing that mm-hmm. does feel like, man, it is my passion. I love music. I love singing. And yet it's, I mean, it's just not there. It's just mm-hmm. not there. That doesn't, we don't want to hear that story. I don't want to hear that story. Exactly. I guess. And so I wonder where we go awry there. And I, that's a hard question to throw at you. I mean, but just when you yeah. look at that, I think, but I do think that again is what is what we question when we're going after something and it's just not happening. Like Hala's story. And she went after, you know, whatever, so many times. I've got somebody else coming on the show and she had to rewrite her book 15 times mm-hmm. before the publisher would take it. And I'm thinking, I mean, I wrote mine the first time and I thought, I, I, I kind of expect to be done. That was it, right? Yeah. I had to rewrite it once and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of ashamed of that. Well, that's stupid, but where do we commit to it and where do we say this isn't working out so well maybe it's not the right fit mhm well i think it's a, it's a perspective change like when hala shared her story what i what i took away is that even if this path didn't work that fire within her was always there so she was totally cool to pivot oh and if that didn't work i'm going to pivot again because it wasn't the specificity of that thing. That's fair. For her, it was, I'm yeah. going to make my father proud. And I understand that so deeply because a lot of my goals and dreams had that theme behind them all. I want to show my father that I, I took the gifts that I was given and the support that he gave me. And I did better than he did. That's all he wanted for his kids. I want you to do better than I could do. So every time I was up on that stage or not even on the stage yet, but in an audition and they were like, sorry, Renee, you're too short or no, Renee, you're, you look too Italian or you're too this. It hurt. It stung. But I was like, okay, but I'm going to make my father proud. I'm going to show him that he's right. My dad always said, you can do anything you put your mind to. Don't let other people try to change you. And that always stayed with me. So that is what I believe is the 
deciphering factor. And for Hala, like myself, it wasn't just about the thing. It's like, no, this is a deeper why. I want to make, I want to show my father, I want to make him proud. And that is what allows you to then pivot to where finally the, the puzzle pieces fit. Okay. Let's play with that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. So here is the commitment to an ideal of success, a level of success that I want to do, you know, X, whatever it is and committing to that. Then that, so you, you did that, Hala did that. And mm-hmm. then you come down, take a step down and go, okay, what's the vehicle going to be? What's the platform? What's the methodology? So she chose for whatever reason that, you know, entertainment business, I think she just liked it. She, she liked it. Yeah. You chose, I don't know if you, would you say that entertainment or performing? Or is um, it? Pretty, I mean, I, I would put them together really in, okay. in my mind, performing, performing is entertainment. Yes, definitely. Being a performer. I mean, being from three years old dance as first, it was a dancer and then singing and then theater for me, it was, it was, yeah, that ability to express myself in through the means of song dance and, and acting. Okay. So within that, then can we look next at the roles and the possibilities? I, I'm going to, I'm going to probably badly, uh, paraphrase a story that I heard one time. I, I should have looked it up, but it just came to me now. And it was something about the NBA. And there was this guy who was enamored, just loved the NBA. And I, my, my memory on the story is he was, uh, he was Indian. Uh, you know, he was, he's from India. He was not very tall very slight, had no exposure to actually playing basketball, but he just loved it, wanted to be involved. So you get the idea and he goes forward and and he became a chiropractor, something to that effect for one of the top teams. So he traveled with them. I mean, he was, you know, a high paid guy with all the dudes living the dream, not on the actual basketball court. And like that, that does seem to be Hollis story that she went after. And at first she tried to be, you know, the superstar on radio or something like that. And then she tried, uh, I can't remember, you know, a different endeavor. She stayed within the industry, but she's tried different roles. And lo and behold, today she has a, you know, podcast and a social media, uh, agency type thing that would you have done possibly something like that if you had not been able to make it on stage where you didn't initially get, well, you got accolades, but you, you talked about that. They said at one point you're too short. You're, oh, yeah. what was the list? You're through this. Oh, you, the you're- list. Well, Kevin, even before I, I went professional and I really made a career out of this, when I was choosing a college, I knew that I wanted to, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> major in musical theater and I remember even my dance teacher, who was my mentor and had all the faith in me in the world, she was like, Renee, you really need something to fall back on. Like, this is it's such an unstable career. And I said, nope, I'm going to do this. And I did. And I went to Wagner College and I majored in musical theater. So all along the way, it was, Renee, dancers on Broadway are tall. I'm 5'2". Renee, you know, if you want to be in a Broadway show, you're it's it's not going to happen. And I think in a, in a big way that fueled me even more to say, no, but watch, because I believed, I did believe in myself and in my talent. And I knew that even though the, the norm at that time was no, unless you're five, six and above, you're not going to be a dancer. I was like, no, I'm going to do this. And there were endless auditions where it was me 
and 10 girls, five, nine and above at the final callback. And I'm looking, I'm like, okay. And maybe sometimes I didn't get the job, but you know what? I made it to the end. So for me, I knew that I wanted to be performing on that stage, but it's interesting. All those years for decades, being a performer, 2019, I start writing my book and I decide I want to activate my other gifts and Mm -hmm. maybe I want to start being a, a guide for people with communication. And I took a course to be a coach. And when I think about it, I'm still in that entertainment space, so to speak. I get to be on a stage still. I get to do what I love which is why I was a performer, which is connect with people. So in an interesting way, I am, it was my choice. I chose to do this. I wasn't unsuccessful and then had to pivot. I just decided to start a new chapter where I said, okay, now I want to, as you said, um, you and and your father, when you spoke about our interview, said transferable gifts. It's like I transferred my gifts of being a performer to now being a communication guide, a communication expert, helping people to connect better. But it really is that same love of people and and connecting with people from a stage or a screen. Okay, you bring up a great point of, and we mentioned this earlier, that as you are doing these things, so if you if you have a passion for X and you start going after that, on one hand, there there needs to be some testimony. You need to be in cahoots with some people in the know and see, am I, am I tracking? You know, is there some possibility here? And go, oh yeah, you know, you got some talent. You're, you're doing well. You're learning. Okay. Keep going and go to the next level and go to the next level. And and there should be some, which is why you wonder how the person got on America's Got Talent. Nobody ever said, um, gosh, you know, great heart, but you can't sing a lick. I mean, you really, they must've, I, I feel like they must've bypassed that or just had people blowing sunshine up their butts. Yeah. The second, the second one. Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> which is sweet and stuff, but it doesn't yeah. really at some point you got to, even like with my kids it go, gosh, you know, God love you. But I just, uh, with all due respect, you just, you don't have it yet. You're, 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 you're yeah. no propensity. So somebody should have said that now at the higher levels, however, where the rubber hits the road, it's interesting when you talk about that, that you had some people, you know, not be fully supportive at the high levels. Cause I just saw this recently, uh, Renee, and I'm not sure if it was, it was social media somewhere. And, you know, probably somebody on my team said, Hey, there's a direct message you need to go to or whatever. So I went somewhere and I saw, I didn't even hear it. It was just the little clips and I probably watched 10 seconds of it. And it was Brad Pitt talking to Adam Sandler. And it was something to the effect of, of Brad saying, I remember the story of Adam Sandler being with at a high level of, of acting with an acting coach or with something. And the guy finally said, you know, Adam, I, I really appreciate or honor, you know, what you've done to get this far, but you just don't have it. And obviously he did. But I wonder what the rest of the story is. And again, I didn't think about it. I didn't plan that until now, but maybe he didn't in a certain capacity that he was going after and he found his unique place. I mean, cause Adam Sandler, his, I don't think he's ever going to win a Grammy or what's the, you know, the acting, is that the Oscar? Is that the one? Oscar? Yeah. Oscar. Ever, I mean, maybe he will actually, I just, I just watched one recently where he was a more serious role and I, I really appreciated him even far more so than the old funny stuff, but maybe he found his place. And I have heard a lot of stories like yours where somebody said, okay, yeah, I mean, you got it down, but you're just too short or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're going, well, I've 
think I can be good enough to get past that. And you do that. So there's that aspect. So what I'm playing with is you do want to ask and get some testimony and some accountability. Though real quick, I would say from people in the know, which your family may not be the people in the know, you know, your folks weren't professional performers to tell you that. So go outside Mm -hmm. of that and get some testimony. And yet, as you move on, you may very likely have at some point, somebody who is really in the know, you're at a high level, say that maybe you can't. But I would say if you're at that point, you have some viability to bypass that. So we got a balance there of... What would you say? Accountability or, or, uh, I think in our lives, we need both of those people. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside and we're going to take about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, The indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to a hundred times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
in our corner. We need those people who are just like, you're amazing. We love you. Our family who are going to let us know that they love us unconditionally. Yeah, you're great. But if it becomes something that you really want to develop into a career and you're really serious about this, you need those other people in your camp that are like, okay, Kev, you are great. You are great on this podcast. You are great doing this and that. But you know, when you, when you bake, you're not the best. Like we need that. We need that honesty because that is what helps push us forward. I needed those acting teachers and my dance teachers and my voice teachers to be like, all right, Renee. All right. You're no, that's that, that notes a little off. You need to, you need to open your mouth more and really work with me and tell me when things were not as, as effective as they could be, because that's what pushed me to be better, to be at the top of my game. And with Hala, again, I, I felt such a, there were so many similarities between her story and mine when she said that she was like the black sheep of her family, all of her family were like doctors. Yeah. I mean, me too. No one in my family were professional performers. My dad worked in a, in a um, factory. My mom was a hairdresser. Don't get me wrong. My mom and dad have natural, like they're, they, they used to dance disco together, not professionally. So, they got, so some, they, they got some charisma going on. Yes. Yes. They have some charisma. So definitely I, 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 got that genetically, that ability to dance and move and hear the musicality. But no one ever did this professionally or even thought about it. My uncle sings in, you know, would sing in doo-wop groups, but not on a professional level. So when I said, yeah, I want to be on Broadway, that was like being, oh yeah, I'm going to be a a quarterback in the NFL. It's like, oh, okay. And with Hala, it was the same thing where she felt like, oh, I'm, I'm in this entertainment space. I know she was interning at Hot 97, um, which was a radio station that I used to listen to all the time. And um, for her family, that's like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. Right? So, so she had that aspect, but she also had her father, which was like that, the person who grounded her. And I believe we all need that person. It doesn't have to be like our family member. It could be a friend, it could be a mentor, but I, from, from what she said, it seems like that's, that's really what, what pushed her along. And same with me. It was my father always being like, you can do absolutely anything, absolutely anything. And as long as you stay true to yourself, that's all you need because people are always going to try to change you. People are always going to try to knock you down, but you just stay true to who, who you are and you'll be fine. Right. Yeah, I'm laughing because it's. I didn't think about it. It's so relevant to my own story as well. Pursuing sports, my parents had no sports ever in their background, and here I go after it. They support me, but my mom probably. My gosh, God bless her mother's heart. Be hard for her to dissuade me in any way. She's like, Kevin, you know, you're you can do it. You're you're the best. I do remember my dad at a at a nationals BMX race in whatever state at some point, and I wasn't doing so well and I was frustrated. And he finally sat me down. He says, okay, we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch the best of the best. And we're gonna make notes of what they're doing that you're not doing. And I remember that was hard. I was kind of frustrated. It kind of hurt my ego. And yet he's totally, totally right. And so to have somebody who's gonna be honest with you along the way uh, now, I wish I had had somebody at the high levels after I became became a pro cyclist. That should be the end of the story. I, but that's my story. I say it kind of jokingly, but it was really true. And I have a lot of regrets. I was an incredibly mediocre, uh, chaotic pro cyclist. And I wish somebody had come along and said, dude, I don't, I don't know that you have what it takes. 
I wish they'd have said this. I either would have stopped doing it or I would have gotten serious about it because I wasn't. I was never serious about it. I was more serious just about having experiences and having fun and whatever. And maybe that's okay. But man, I wasted a lot of opportunity. Somebody said, dude, I don't think you're that coachable. It doesn't look like you're serious enough to put in the real work to get to the level that you say you want to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And and XYZ, I wish somebody had come in or I had allowed somebody. And really that's, that's a lot of what we, we seem to be coming to here that we need to pursue those people. I didn't and pursue somebody to go, look, yeah. I want to be good. I'm, you know, I'm kind of, I'm having some good times and, but some bad times too. How, how can I get better? I didn't do that. So shame on me. Just like apparently the, you know, America's got talent, small town kid didn't finally go to somebody at the local university or somewhere to go. Okay. Parents say I'm great. They let me sing at karaoke. You know, the local rodeo said I was really good, but come on for real. Let me know. Mm-hmm. We've got to do that. We've got to hold ourselves up for that critiquing Really, which, if, yeah. and especially if it's something in our passion, we're, I guess that's a fearful place because we don't want somebody to knock us down off of that. But we may need, well, that's not for, we need somebody to help direct us. How does that sound better? Yes. And on the flip side, Kevin, I mm-hmm. think for people, I would say, like, I would say you and you and I, we've discussed this before, who can tend to fall on the perfectionist side of things where, Sometimes self-judgment comes in, especially for me being a professional performer for so many years. I mean, that it's kind of like in the blood to be like, oh, no, that wasn't good enough or that wasn't good. You also need to pursue and have that person or people in your corner who hold up a mirror and are like, no, you're amazing. You need to keep going because sometimes it's easy for us to get in our own heads and be like, well, I keep not getting the job. So must mean I don't have the skill. And that's not true. And I know that firsthand because I faced thousands and thousands and thousands of no's. But that wasn't because I wasn't talented. It's because I didn't fit that bill for that show or that role or that movie role. So I had to have those people in my life to be like, Renee, this isn't a reflection of your talent. Keep going, keep working hard, but you got this. Mm-hmm. Because on the on that on that side of things, there are many a people, I can't tell you the people that I came up in the ranks with that stopped pursuing it because they got in their own heads and they're so talented. So talented and it's such a shame because maybe they didn't have those other people in their corner being like, "No, this this is not a reflection of you." This door is going to close. Another one's going to open. Keep going. And that's where perseverance comes in. And perseverance, I believe, is, if not the number one, one of the top values for success. And Hala talks about it with consistency. <laughs> consistency, persistence, pers- <laughs> persistency. Is persistency Just, a word? I don't think. We're going to no. go with it. That's. I'm going to title the show <laughs> Persistency. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, think, I think consistency and persistency are the keys to success because it's telling you it's not always going to be fun. It's not going to be pretty. You're going to get a lot of no's. People are going to tell you you're not good enough. But as long as you stay consistent and you keep moving forward, even if moving forward means having to pivot a little bit, like Holla did, saying, okay, so I was interning at Hot 97, but now, you know, they didn't, they didn't give me the promotion that I wanted. So now I'm going to change, change gears. But I'm still going to stay in the entertainment space. But now I'm going to go a little bit of a different angle. That's okay. But as long as we keep staying persistent and consistent, that's the key. Well, and I was going to ask that just for your own, your own 
experience if you had ultimately I mean, what was the goal to be? I want to be on Broadway, you know, on the big shows and, 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 and you did do that. If you hadn't though, if you had gone to the 1000th audition and you still just, you know, you got to the end, but didn't quite, would you have found another, another angle that I'm still going to be involved in the industry, but maybe in a different capacity as opposed to going, well, I didn't make it. I'm going to go be accountant. Absolutely. Oh yeah. One, 1,000%. 1, yeah. I mean, for me, one of my my big goals that's always been is to have a talk show where I'm talking to people and I'm connecting and I can be myself. And maybe one day I come on there and I sing and I bring on my dancer friends like that to me is still in that same vein of entertainment, of performing. But it's it's an it's a different angle. So, yeah, if if that were the case, I absolutely would have to stay in it because I have to I have to, Kevin. It's a it's a part of me. Like people will often say, when did you know that you wanted to be on Broadway or, or, or when did you know you were going to be a performer? I said, that for me, there was never like a, an aha moment where I was like, oh my goodness. It just was always part of who I was. It was natural. Just like breathing. I was like, I have to dance or I have to sing. You know, I have to, I have to be with people making them laugh or making them smile. It was always a part of who I was. So for me, it, there was never a question that I wouldn't be in that space. Okay. I want to go right there. Cause we talked a minute ago about kind of levels of saying, okay, first off, I want to, you know, make my dad proud or, or whatever. I want to achieve a certain level of, of success. You know, e even to look at that, I think that's great you have to look at what is the lifestyle that you want? You go, man, I really just, I don't want, uh, a high income, high profile life. I want, you know, a, a, a secure middle class existence where I get to experience this and and have the picket fence and have the kids and whatever. I don't want to spend enough. I don't want to invest enough to go full tilt and live in Beverly Hills and whatever, which I can get. That's me. I, I just, it doesn't, that doesn't thrill me a whole lot. I want to do other things. So, but to, to define that and say, I'm committed to that, I'm going to go after that. And then we talked about now the, the methodology of how we're going to do that. But you just said, and it's interesting, you, and you said a couple of times, you know, perform and to entertain. And then you qualified that a little bit ago by saying, okay, what you really wanted to do is communicate in a way. But I want to go and ask you at the end of that, because knowing you as much as I do at this point, it feels like whether you're on stage on Broadway or you're on you know the big screen or now you're on stage helping other people become a master communicator, that what you really dig at the core is you want to connect. Yes. You said it. That's it. That's it. But that that's what's that's what's interesting to me because you can do that. You can connect in so many different ways ways because I, I you know I, I look at my own trajectory and without unfortunately without doing the work to get this clear granular granularly uh that I'm grateful I did continue on the path of I wanted I want to communicate I want to help people get over these real or perceived obstacles and really find personal growth and fulfillment and I and I've continued to do that but I wish I had known that early on okay what's the essence of it and you're saying I want to connect now you decided I want to connect through communicating entertainment performance because I could say that we're similar in that way. That's not the path that I wanted to choose. Yeah. It had never crossed my mind. I never, I don't know if I ever saw a play until I met my wife who was a, a professional performer. 
and but I did it through a different way. That that feels like the big, the holy grail is to figure out what is it at the core you want to do now? How can I do it? And you say, gosh, I really want to do like the guy, that the, the Indian guy who goes after the NBA, whatever, whatever he ended up doing. And I think it was chiropractic or whatever. There's probably some propensity there. I want to do what X I want to be involved with high performers. I want to be involved with, you know, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Doing what, and then what are the, what's the great span of availability so that you can then do the hollow thing and okay, I'm going to try this, 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 but it's all under the umbrella of going back to where you started of the passion. Yeah. Yes. That's it. You just said it. It, it all starts the, the core of it all, whatever you may choose to do, what lights you up? Like, that's always my question. Like what lights me up? When am I lit up from the inside out? And that's why I know, number one, it's, it's when I'm connecting with people. When I, especially face-to-face, in person, I can feel your energy, I can grab your hand, I can give you a hug. That fires me up because I can, I, I just feel like I am in my natural essence. So then that's a great exercise, Kevin, right? To, to, to then go from there. Okay, so what are, what's a list of career paths that include that? And like you said, you and I both love communicating, connecting, helping people, but we both come at it from such different angles. And that just shows you that there are so many options to still do what you love, even if it's not in the exact way you believed it to be. And I think that's the beautiful surprise of life sometimes. Like that NBA player you're talking about, how cool is that? Like, how cool is that? That it's like, he put that out there like, oh man, I, I, I love basketball, but I'm, I'm not going to, he realized I'm not going to make it as a basketball player, but now I'm, I'm as close as you can get. And I love what I do and I'm making great money and I'm helping other people to be able to be great basketball players. There's so many options that we blind ourselves to because we get hyper fixated on what we think it should be. And I think that's a great exercise for us to do for ourselves. Because that, what you said right there, that's exactly where I was going. Because when you said finding that thing that lights you up, if you, and it's a bad example because you actually achieved it, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with it anyways. If you had said, okay, what lights me up is performing in Cats on Broadway, period. Well, that's... I mean, again, you, so you did it, but let's say that you, you hadn't, that's a, that's limiting. That aspect yeah. is limiting. If you don't go deeper, I would want somebody to go, okay, why? Yeah. Why, why Broadway and not whatever? Why, you know, cats, why on, say, what is it about it at the end? If they could have gotten you down to say, gosh, I really want to connect with people. I didn't realize that. I really want to connect. Okay, well, you can do it there. You can do it here, whatever. Then it makes, then back to Hollow Story, then that sure makes the failures of, of each effort not so critical. Okay, so I tried, you know, radio show, didn't work. Okay, I'll try TV. And I thought, I th- thought I'd try to be a news anchor person, but that, no, that didn't work out. So I'm going to go try a talk show host. I mean, man, it, it really opens that up to where, again, you're committed to that in thing that you've got now got clarity on. And mm-hmm. yet you're not so blown away with, you got one shot, one yes. shot to be on stage on cats that, because so many things go wrong. They could have discontinued cats at some point, uh, God forbid, but yep. you know, they, they could have done that. And then you're, you're totally out of luck. That's what seems is the scary thing and dr- should drive us now to go, 
okay, what's the bigger, what, what's the big, the bigger endeavor? Take the blinders off. What's the bigger picture, broad scope, like, you know, 40,000 view. Yeah. What, what make what lights me up? The simpler, the better. Like, I think asking ourselves the simple questions sometimes give us the, the most honest and true answers. It's like, what makes me happy? But what makes me happy? Okay. You make a list of those things. And then it's like, okay, well, how could I go about doing that, that thing, connecting with people? And yeah, I could make a list. I can be an accountant, you know, helping people with their finances. But, oh, Renee, you don't really love doing finances. So that's not for you. Mm -hmm. And it's like process of elimination. And it's, it's, it helps to remind ourselves that it's, there's no rush. I know for me, I always have that internal clock ticking. That's like, let's go. Come on. What's going to, it has to happen now. But when I think back in hindsight to my life, those times that I just kept moving forward in the direction of what I know I loved and I kept working hard and I kept consistent, eventually these doors opened up and the doors, Kevin, were beyond what I even dreamed of. To go back to your point, when we get so hyper fixated on, I want this job at this company and making this much salary. Don't get me wrong. Some people manifest in that way. And that's great. That's possible. But what I'm saying is when it comes to first figuring out what lights you up, like me connecting with people, being able to use my gifts of song, dance, acting. Okay. Now, now the, the doors open wider. And when I had been on Broadway for about three years at that point, and this opportunity arose that, oh, they're they're doing the Jersey Boys film. I didn't even think twice about it at first, Kevin. I, I literally in my head was like, they're going to hire Marissa Tomei to play Mary Delgado, which was the role that I was playing on Broadway. They're going to hire A-list celebrities. She would have been my second Broadway. pick after you, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't really think much of it. And then lo and behold, the process happens. I end up playing the role and I'm sitting there i remember reading the movie script when they sent it to me when i found out i got the role mm -hmm. and i had my breath was taken away at one moment because i said oh my goodness this is beyond what i ever dreamed of i never even i thought of movies like oh that'd be great but i never put a lot of thought into it and i was like i'm gonna be starring in a major motion picture wait what but that's because I just knew what I love to do and I kept working hard and then it was beyond what I dreamed of. So I think that's what's so cool when we identify first what lights us up. Okay, I have a point I want to make and I'm going to fish for you. I'm going to fish I'm going to fish for it with you on that thing. Because so you are on stage and folks if you haven't listened to our first show together, I don't remember the episode number, but type in, you know, or go to go to self-helpful or type in self-helpful and Renee Marino and you'll find the series that we did, I don't know, a year ago. Uh January. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and you can go listen to her story. So, but here you are and you you had a full career on Broadway. So the, the full Monty, you then got the opportunity and you end up on the screen in Clint Eastwood's film, Jersey Girls, or Jersey, Jersey Girls. Boys. <laughs> That'll be the follow-up is Jersey Girls. Yes. Um, you're the Jersey girl on Jersey Boys. Yes. You do that. Now, if I had read that story, I think, oh, now, boom, 
there's where you're going. Now you change gears or not change gears, but you pivot that way and put things together. I was just in Clint Eastwood's movie and now I'm going to go and be on other movies. You didn't do that. You actually did that and then took a pivot off stage, well, off of off of Broadway and big screen onto a different stage of, of you know, speaking and communicating. Why? Let me ask you that. I don't know if I've ever asked, why did you not go the movie direction? Because you were obviously primed to now go that avenue. And I'm sure you could be doing that today. But what happened? Mm-hmm. Well, this actually connects with exactly what we're talking about when we started today. I was out in LA after I did the film and I was auditioning. I booked, booked my first TV show. I was a guest star on a brand new sitcom. I did commercials. I wrote my one woman show. So there I am again, still in the performance vein, but I'm not booking other movies. So I'm like, well, I'm going to write my own show. Well, I'm going to do a commercial. I'm going to audition for TV. So the movie roles weren't, weren't coming as you would think. It wasn't like, oh, wow. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. Next movie after another. So I kept moving in the direction of what I loved performing still, but now I wanted to take a little more control for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to write my own show so I can showcase and let you know what I really am capable of. And I did that and I sold out the show twice in LA. And then after three and a half years in LA, we came back to New York and that's when I booked my most recent Broadway show, Pretty Woman. So I came back to Broadway then. I didn't continue that trajectory of movies because those doors weren't opening and that was okay. In my mind, I was like, all right, if it's meant to be, it will, but I'm still going to keep pursuing my love. Went back to Broadway and I started writing my book, Becoming a Master Communicator, because I was always interested in communication and why people communicate the way they do. And now with our smartphones and all of this digital technology, I noticed a decline in people connecting Mm. in a genuine way. And I said, I got to write a book. So as I was doing eight shows a week on Broadway, I was writing a book during in between numbers. And when that show closed, Kevin, it was a feeling within me where I said to myself, I'm ready to use my other gifts. Now Mm. my gifts of writing, my gifts of speaking and helping other people to connect and create opportunities like I have. And that's all it was. It was this desire to utilize all of my gifts. Cause I always believe that one of the saddest things in life is wasted talent. That's a quote from Chaz Pomentary in the movie, a Bronx tale. And for me, I knew that being a writer, having a published successful best-selling book was uh, what I had a goal for, but also writing was a gift of mine and teaching and and guiding and mentoring was always something I was great at. So I said, I'm going to do this now. And it was just a, a feeling to say, okay, new chapter. Okay. A couple things out of that. And one, I really like, or I think it's really important that you felt like, okay, that's, I'm ready for a new chapter. Even you didn't, I like that you said that I'm, I'm interested in a new, new chapter, even more so than going, oh, maybe this isn't working out or maybe I'm burnt out or maybe it wasn't the negative. Just I'm ready because I think it's important because I don't think that we as a culture 
value or give enough permission for seasons for things. If you go and you go to med school, you are going to be a doctor until you can't or until you retire. And that's just what you're supposed to do. If you're going to be, uh, if you're going to do all it takes to be an actor, you're going to do what we see a lot of them do, which is great. Like Clint Eastwood. And I just saw the mule recently Yes, and the dude's what is he like 90 or something or always? Oh, yeah. He just, he just had a birthday. He's, he's past 90 now. I think it, maybe 93. And he's still acting. I think that's awesome. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And I think it's awesome when we see somebody and we've seen, a lot, I, I've noticed um, some others I'm trying to come to mind. Um, like the, uh, the Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. 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 Okay. I, I don't really know. I don't follow the guy, but I know he's a big actor. And now I read about him in business stuff. So maybe he's still doing acting and stuff, but at this point he's gotten so involved in business. So has uh, like Ryan Reynolds, man. I read about him more in business than I pay attention to his show. So maybe they're doing both, but people who have decided to go, Oh no, there was a girl. There's a girl um, uh, that was in the mask. Uh, what's her name? Oh, Cameron Diaz. Is that it? Did, did, she, did she totally leave? Is that she one of the? Yes. Well, her and also um, Gwyneth Paltrow has her, you know, she's a businesswoman now. Isn't Goop her, her company? We're trying, yeah, we're trying to get her on because we've had, we've had her, her health coach, uh, Wilk, Dr. Wilk Cole. and her therapist, uh, Terry, yeah. Rowe, both on the show. So we're trying to get her next. Okay. But like that, people who have said, you know, I'm interested in something else. And I want to say that I think it's important because I think we do get so caught up thinking, look, I've put my whole life into doing X. I got to keep doing that. And back to, you mentioned it a minute ago, transferable skills of going, gosh, what can yeah. I take? If we know the essence of what we're doing now, if you think all you are is an accountant, that's all you know how to do. What's beyond that? I mean, I love details. I love to pull things together. I love to make sense of things and to help whatever it is, get to that. And it'll open you up some other things. And you might find that you're tired of that because I appreciate you looking and you didn't say anything negative, but at some point you may have looked at it and go, man, I've, I've done that. I've done that. That's, it's kind of not anything new. Let me do something else. Okay. I was fishing there a little bit because I thought about something. You talked about doing a talk show. Yes. You and I have talked about that. I have never had that thought in my mind. I have no desire to be on camera. I have no desire to, to be on a big you know network or, or whatever. But I'm open to finding myself there because of what I want to do at that deeper level. And so doing this, meeting with experts, talking with people like you, we, you and I did a show on being a master communicator. I read the book and read the message and there were other things I wanted to pull out. And I feel like that's my skill. There were some other things that I want to pull out. And I really enjoy it when I dig into somebody's message and pull something out and they go, oh, I hadn't even thought about that that way. And it's their message. And, and I said, well, yeah, I, I have this desire, this passion to pull things out and make them a little more tangible, a little more palatable, a little more digestible for people. And I think I do that. I want to do that with 
people on, on as big a stage as possible. I don't really want to be on the stage, but I want to do that. And as you and I've talked about, I want to go past what we're doing right now, which is remotely, because when you're in person, there's a different energy. It's an increased energy. I can reach over and touch your shoulder and go, ooh, right there. And it increases. So I want that to happen. And if the only way for that to happen in the capacity I want to is to be on stage, okay, then I'll let somebody powder my nose and I'll deal yeah. with it. And I'm playing with that to look again, if we know what that thing is, we may even find ourselves in a spot that in and of it in and of itself is not the passion. It is not what lights you up. So being on stage does not light me up. It does you. So if you and I end up with a talk show someday or doing a, you know, a thing together, you're going to be digging that part. I'm not, but the essence of it is a shared thing. So for people to find themselves, I think that's interesting to consider that you may find yourself in a platform that it in and of itself may even be challenging, but you're mm. there because it helps you achieve X and we're, we're getting to that. Okay, go to, yeah. That we oh, were. a million percent. I think of that when I think of being an entrepreneur. There's mm. so mm -hmm. much about being an entrepreneur that I do not love. Quite honestly, I didn't even know what being an entrepreneur entailed when I started the journey three years ago. I, you know what I knew? That I wanted to help people to connect better in a genuine way. Yeah. I wanted to help people communicate. That's what I knew. And now I see, just as you said, well, in order to do that, especially when the world shut down <clears throat> and it was a pandemic, okay, well, you have to do that by being on video, which I love, being behind a computer. I don't love being behind a computer all day. I'm a physical person. I want to be out there moving, shaking in person, face to face. Well, I couldn't do that for the first year or so. But that broader, that higher level or deeper goal was there to help people. And that was the vessel through which to do it. So that's when you put your head down, you, you get through it and you keep reminding yourself why, why you're doing this. And Hollis said that in, in your interview about how she is of the belief that you have to have that time where you are putting your head down in the sand, you are working, sacrificing, struggling because then on the other side is everything that you want. And I understood that very well because same going back to being a performer, even now being an entrepreneur, the day-to-day -day, oh, daily tasks that I don't want to handle, but I know I have to right now because then once I'm on those stages speaking to thousands of people and they have my book in, in their hands, man, that that's worth it. That's what I do this for. But understanding that sometimes that's what has to, that's what has to happen. And she talked about how she was saying some people, some of her clients would be like, Oh, well, I, I don't want to do that. Well, it's then again, well, how bad do you want this thing? How important is it to you? I know for myself, there were years, Kevin, I had to miss everything, holidays, friends, weddings, because the, Schedule of a performer is the opposite of the rest of the world. While the nine to fivers are going to work, uh, I'm just getting ready to hop on the train into the city. And then when everybody's asleep, I'm performing mm -hmm. and I'm just getting home. So it was, it, that's tough. But because I knew that my goal was so clear and I, I wanted to make it to Broadway and I wanted to be able to share my gifts from, from this, the mediums of stage and screen. I did it. 
So I think that's something really important to remember. I think it's huge. And and it's looking at it, it sounds negative, but some of the things are going to be a means to an end, like being an entrepreneur. I wish I had been more clear on that. I thought kind of like what we talked about, like if you had said, all I know is I want to be, you know, on stage as the lead in cats, whatever. Okay. That's kind of limiting. Can we broaden out a, a little bit of that so that if that doesn't happen, you can still achieve the overall goal. I wish I had understood that in regards to being an entrepreneur, Renee, my dad mm-hmm. was, that's all I understood. I, I, I didn't authentically work well under other people. That was fair. Um, but even that, that, so if I went to be an entrepreneur, just because of that, that's all, that doesn't mean, necessarily mean that being an entrepreneur is the Holy grail. And later on now, in my later years, I realized I'm not, my wife told me this and it, it, she, it, she said it with great tact. Uh, and she said, honey, you're not that great of a businessman. And she's totally right. And I didn't get it though. I thought that that was it. And it wasn't, it was a means to an end for me to create and to do what I wanted to. It kind of required me to be an entrepreneur I wish I had understood that because as an entrepreneur, that is not my art. Being a business person is not my art. I am now partnering and letting other people do the business part because I'm just not that good. I'm not that interested in it. I don't care to talk about business. I like to talk about ideas and opportunities. And I, uh, so thank you for bringing up that point. That's my, my, one of my best friends, Randy James, Dr. Randy James, which a lot of people listen to here on the show on our peak wellness episodes. When he became a doctor, he literally consciously said, I just don't ever want to be a business person. And he kept hold of that until finally he realized that, okay, I'm a medical doctor. I'm seeing people. We take their insurance. That does not allow me the time to go deep with them and find out what's really at the core of their issues, which is functional medicine. I want to do functional medicine. If I'm going to do that, I got to become a businessman, son of a gun. Mm -hmm. And now today he is, and that's part of his story. He was a reluctant businessman and he gets help because he doesn't enjoy that part. He's not good at that part. He's good at doing his thing. But yeah, looking at it, that's what you got me to thinking of is is some of the aspects of it. It's a means to an end. And, And some of it you may not like, like me, you know, being doing the business side of it. Now, if we could take it back to you, you don't look at, okay, so I was on stage. It was a means to an end just so I could connect with people. You also love that part of it too. So that's yes. awesome. So, but, yeah. I, but that's, that's two, that's different. Again, we've, we've made it so much broader and back to Hala's message, man, this makes the failures amongst the little tryings of different things around it so much easier to understand when it's not stuck on one Holy grail opportunity. Yeah. And again, as a culture, I think we don't value trial and error enough. I think we are in a culture where it's like, this is what it is. This is who I am. This is what I do. Yeah. Well, how about trial and error? How about you either you fail or you learn? You keep going, moving forward until that the pieces fit together. That's okay. And if we can adopt that perspective, I think that would take so much pressure off of all of us thinking that we have to get everything figured out right now at this moment. That's a big problem with with students who are heading to college. What's your major going to be? They're trying to decide what they want to do for, quote unquote, the rest of their lives at 16 years old. Well, some people know that and that's great, but not everybody. So let's celebrate, you know, for now, this is what I'm doing. And I'm going to see if there are aspects of it that I like. And if I don't, okay. I think there's this idea that if you are, especially as as a, a younger person in the world, if you try a bunch of things and you don't like them, now you're flighty. 
now you're you're not focused and it's like well no how about we celebrate that and say no let's try let's throw the spaghetti against the wall see what sticks and then go from there because then you're getting a taste of oh this is what i like this is what i don't like and sometimes that's that's the best part of trial and error is figuring out what doesn't work for you kevin i'm like you with that the the business aspect of things the the analytical side the documenting every little thing i don't love that i want to be speaking about communication giving you simple tools and practices but i don't want to go back on the back end and do the funnels and do all of that did i do that in the beginning yes and i realized quickly okay i don't like this and now i can have other people where that's their zone of genius they can do it I love that story from you. I know that you're partnered with Howard Partridge, uh, which yeah. is he's connected with Ziggler Corporation, and he does a lot of that back end stuff that you don't want the funnels and the whatever. And I I remember you saying, "Yeah, we're doing this split," and I'm so happy to give yes. him that percentage of that, and so I don't have to do that. But again, back to your trial and error. That you know, it makes me think of Arthur Brooks. So we just had him on the show. His book Strength to Strength is talking about our kind of our mental capacity in the first half of life and that that wanes. And then the second half of life, if we're just trying to push along, like it'd be like, it'd be kind of like you, it'd be kind of like you saying, look, my only ability and value is as a, an actor on stage. And you're now realizing, oh my gosh, I'm a little tired of it. I've kind of done that. It doesn't inspire me as much, but that's all I got. So I just got to keep pushing through until I just literally burn out or fall dead on stage. Well, that's kind of difficult. And he's saying, okay, your brain capacity literally changes midway through life and you're not probably going to want to do some of the same things and you're probably not even going to be as good at it, but you can be even better at X, Y, and of course he's talking about um, fluid knowledge and crystallized knowledge. So if you want more on that, go listen to that show or get Strength to Strength, his book. Uh, if we know again that that foundational thing that Renee knows, no, I want to connect. And at some point, you know, I just stage, I wanted to do something else. Now I'm connecting through a book, through speaking engagements, through an online course. I'm looking at, I might do a talk show, you know, I'm doing podcasts and whatnot. And how great is that then to go with what it is that you do want to, that does fill you up, that does fit at this time and allows you, as you said, to kind of evolve because yeah, my kids, I mean, you're going to do different things. And again, I wish I had known this, that my desire was to connect. So that back when I was a pro cyclist and we created a team and then we created a club and then we created a newsletter and we did all this stuff and you're going, Kevin, what are you doing? I thought you raced bikes. Well, apparently I want to connect and communicate, connect with people. And I didn't realize that. I wish that had been solidified and going, oh, it would have changed. Mm -hmm. I would have not, I would have. I wasted a lot of time not knowing that. And yeah. I probably looked at some things and go, well, that was a complete failure. And it wasn't. It just took me trial and error. It took me to going, oh, okay, now to the next thing. And now, and we're, now we're back to transferable skills again. Yeah. Yeah. So the last Broadway show I did that I, I told you was Pretty Woman the Musical. Uh, this was, it was my fifth Broadway show. And this was the first time that I was not just on stage as a performer, I was now also the dance captain and assistant to the choreographer. So now it's like I'm on the creative side with the director choreographer, but I'm also on the performing side. 
And this opened up my eyes in a huge way because now I'm not just the one in front of the table auditioning, waiting for them to tell me yes or no. Now I'm also the one behind the table while other people come in and audition and I'm seeing the other perspective now. I'm the one teaching the choreography. I'm the one connecting with my cast members to make sure they understand the notes that the choreographer is giving. I'm now the liaison between the stage manager and the cast. So when there's miscommunication, I'm helping to communicate it in a way that's more suitable so the performers understand it. Yeah. And Kevin, I really believe that was that next level of my career that made me start to open up my eyes and say, huh, I'm ready to be a little more in the driver's seat because now I've done it okay, now I'm not just on the stage. Now I'm helping people and I'm in control in, in some way, shape or form. And that's when I said, maybe it would be great to start becoming a coach, a, a mentor, a guide to help people with communication. I mean, Renee, you've done this for years. You used to teach dance mm. for years and years to, to, little girls at your dance studio. You always taught workshops, Broadway workshops for aspiring actors and actresses. You always taught dance workshops. And I'm thinking, wow. So I've always been a coach and a, a communication expert in so many ways. So this isn't something brand new. It's transferring of my gifts. Which at the end of it, and I did not intend for that to be such a focal point, but it's just such a great one. It's also just so smart. I mean, if you had known, it would have been now grateful that you made it, you know, as you did. Uh, but at some point you could have, you know, had a car accident, it maimed your leg and you couldn't dance. You're out. If you had known and been investing somewhat in those other areas, what a great, mm -hmm. that's the kind of safety net, uh, that we want to, that we want to have. So it's just yeah. so great. I knew that you would resonate with this and bring me to two, to, to different areas, uh, even more evolved levels of understanding of this concept of failure and trying and what we commit to and come into this core thing. So I think that we're, I think that we land on persistency. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, persistency, baby, persistency. our new word. Yeah. To the <laughs> core, but it is to the core of what you want to do. Understanding it can have many different platforms, methodologies, uh, vehicles, whatever you want to call it. Hey, so fun. Thank you. So someday, Maybe we'll find ourselves on stage with some other folks who we can grab them by the arm and go, yes. And yes. energy flow. All right. Hey, in the meantime, this is awesome. Thanks, Renee. Thank you, Kevin. Well, I hope this episode was as inspiring and freeing to you as it was for me. Thinking more about my goals and objectives and what is down at the core, the foundation, is so helpful. I want to do or achieve or have X because... It means what to me? I mean, it addresses what for me. And as we get down to that core, we open up more possibility and opportunity for vehicles to try as we seek what is best to get us toward our goal. Thanks to Renee Marino uh, for joining me here and adding so much to the conversation. Her book again is Becoming a Master Communicator. And you can find her at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, ReneeMarino.com. Friends, thank you for tuning into Self Helpful, where I curate the sea of new personal development materials and help you integrate wisdom into your life because we all want to elevate our own experience and improve the way we show up for others. 